Hare Krishna, I welcome all to Everyday Chant Conference Call. Today we are very fortunate to have um, His Grace Sarvadik Das Prabhu to enlighten us on verse 1 of uh, chapter 8, canto 5 of Srimad Bhagavatam. Prabhuji, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada and Guru Maharaj. Whenever you are ready, please take over the call, Prabhu. Thank you, Mataji. So before starting, let us offer obeisances to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, as is our custom before reciting Srimad Bhagavatam. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaiva Narotamam Devim Sarasatim Vyasam Tato Jayam Udherayat Nashta Prayesha Badreshu Nittam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Yurtama Shloke Bhakti Bhavati Naishviki <coughs> This morning we're reading Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 5, Chapter 8, beginning with Text 1. We'll read up until Text 7. And I'll just read the English here. Translation, Sri Shukadev Goswami continued, My dear King, one day, after finishing his morning duties, evacuating, urinating, and bathing, Maharaj Bharat sat down on the bank of the river Gandaki for a few minutes and began chanting his mantra, beginning with Omkar. O King, while Bharat Maharaj was sitting on the bank of that river, a doe, being very thirsty, came there to drink. While the doe was drinking with great satisfaction, a lion, which was very close, roared very loudly. This was frightful to every living entity, and it was heard by the doe. By nature, the doe was always afraid of being killed by others, and it was always looking about suspiciously. When it heard the lion's tumultuous roar, it became very agitated. Looking here and there with disturbed eyes, the doe, although it had not fully satisfied itself by drinking water, suddenly leaped across the river. <clears throat> The doe was pregnant, and when it jumped out of fear, the baby deer fell from its womb into the flowing waters of the river. Uh, Srila Prabhupada wrote a short purport here we can, he can take advantage of. Purport <coughs> by his divine grace, Srila Prabhupada. There is every chance of a woman's having a miscarriage if she experiences some ecstatic emotion or is frightened. Pregnant women should therefore be spared all these external influences. Text 6. Being separated from its flock and distressed by his miscarriage, the black doe, having crossed the river, was very much distressed. Indeed, it fell down in a cave and died immediately. The great king, Bharat, while sitting on the bank of the river, saw the small deer, bereft of its mother, floating down the river. Seeing this, he felt great compassion. Like a sincere friend, he lifted the infant deer from the waves, and knowing it to be motherless, brought it to his ashram. Srila Prabhupada's purport. The laws of nature work in subtle ways unknown to us. Maharaj Bharat was a great king, very advanced in devotional service. He had almost reached the point of loving service to the Supreme Lord, but even from that platform, he could fall down onto the material platform. In Bhagavad Gita, we are therefore warned, Yam hinavitante te purusham purusharshava Samadukha sukham dhiram samritat bhayakalpate. Our best among men, Arjuna, <clears throat> the person who is not disturbed by happiness and distress, 
and is steady in both is certainly eligible for liberation. Spiritual salvation and liberation from material bondage must be worked out with great caution. Otherwise, a little discrepancy will cause one to fall down again into material existence. By studying the activities of Maharaj Bharat, we can learn the art of becoming completely freed from all material attachment. As it will be revealed in later verses, Bharat Maharaj had to accept the body of a deer due to being overly compassionate for this infant deer. We should be compassionate by raising one from the material platform to the spiritual platform. Otherwise, at any moment, our spiritual advancement may be spoiled and we may fall down onto the material platform. Maharaj Bharat's compassion for the deer was the beginning of his fall down into the material world. Om Jnana Jnananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militanjena Tasmai Shri Gurave Nama Mukam Kuruti Vachalam Pangung Nangayati Girim Yakripatamaham Bande Shri Gurum Dinataranam Angsho Bhagavatusmiham Sada Dasawasmi Sarvata Tatkripa Pekshago Nityam Tatpeshtasat Kuromisam Vande Nanta Dvitaishayam Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Nichoti Yat Prasadatsan Bhakti Shastra Pavartakam Nityananda Maham Nomi Sarvananda Karamparam Harinama Padam Devam Mavadhuta Shiromanim Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gaur Bhaktavinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Ram Hare Ram 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 Hare Hare Vansha Kopatrubhista Kripas Hindu Bhivaja Patitanam Pavani Bhyo Sushila Prabhupada writes here <coughs> in the purport something very interesting. Um, let's see here. Maharaj, Bharat Maharaj had to accept the body of a deer due to being overly compassionate for this infant deer. So generally we hear that devotees should be compassionate. It's Vaishnava's nature to be compassionate. Arjuna was also very compassionate. He made arguments to the Lord in the first and second chapters of Bhagavad Gita <coughs> that how can I counterattack with arrows in battle, men like Bhishma and Drona, how can I live at the cost of the lives of great souls, he argued against destruction of family tradition, degradation of women, which produces Varna Shankara. Krishna said, Adama Bibavat Krishna Pradushanti Kulastiva. Strishu Dushtashu Vaishnaya Jayate Varna Shankara. That when women become polluted, then <coughs> there's Varna Shankara, which disturbs the peace of human society. Good argument. Arjuna's making a good argument. How can I be happy killing my kinsmen? If I kill them, ancestors will fall from Petri Loka because there's no offering of Pindanam. These are all good arguments, all good compassionate arguments that Arjuna is giving. But Krishna told him that you need to give them. Actually, he chastised him. He said, that you're speaking like a learned person. You're speaking learned words. But actually, you're a fool. Because he's Looking at everything, his compassion is based on the material, bodily conception of life. 
So devotees are compassionate, but there's a there's a hierarchy to compassion. Compassion has its place, but there's a hierarchy to compassion. We should be compassionate as far as possible. Devotees distribute prasadam. Uh, devotees uh, open hospitals. Devotees distribute medical uh, medical medicine. Sometimes devotees do eye clinics. These things are all good, but they can't solve the problems of life. <clears throat> the hospital, even with the most technologically advanced equipment, modern uh, facilities, highly educated physicians, they cannot stop death. <clears throat> the best hospital cannot stop death. What can stop death? Janma mrityu jarabhyadi Stop all the miseries of material life. Only Krishna Bhakti. So the highest act of compassion is to distribute Krishna consciousness, to teach people how to leave this whole material world. Because why do we suffer? We suffer in this material world because we're born here. Because we've taken birth, automatically we have to accept death. And there is no other solution to the problem of birth, death, old age and disease, except Krishna consciousness. So the highest act of compassion is to distribute Krishna consciousness. But Bharat Maharaj <clears throat> had compassion for the deer. And it's not like he can, <laughs> he can preach to the deer, okay, my dear deer, time to get a japa mala, and now we're going to chant japa. Not possible. But he became very attached to the deer. Now there's uh, a similar quote, Srila Vishwanachakarati Thakur <clears throat> gives an interesting quote comment to this verse in Srimad Bhagavatam, he writes that Krishna is an ocean of cleverness. cleverness. Krishna and ocean of cleverness protected this deer who was previously Bharat to show that compassion, if it is an obstacle to bhakti, must be given up. Very interesting comment. That compassion, if it's an obstacle to bhakti, it must be given up. Just as Krishna asked Arjuna to give up his material compassion, that anything that's, the point is that anything stands in the way of our progress in spiritual life, it should be given up. And of course, the uh, highest example of that is the Gopi's attraction for Krishna. When Krishna was at Vamshivat playing on his flute, the Gopis left everything. They're in the middle of feeding babies, feeding their family. Uh, serving their husbands. Food is in the oven. Food is on the stove. They're not even properly dressed. And they come running to Krishna with one earring is on, one eye is made up with cudgel, other eye is not made up with cudgel. The top of their, of their dress is on the uh, bottom and the bottom is on the top. But they hear Krishna's flute and they leave everything. They don't care what anyone says. They don't care about dharma. They simply come running to Krishna. This is the highest. This is why the gopis are revered by Lord Chaitanya, who is the topmost sannyasi, who wouldn't even speak to a woman, and whose female followers would only be able to offer obeisances to him from a distance. Uh, he said, this form of worship is the highest form of worship, to give up every other consideration and run to Krishna. So, Srila Vishwanachakarvati Thakur comments here that compassion, if it is an obstacle to bhakti, must be given up. And Srila Prabhupada <coughs> remarks at the last sentence in this purport that Maharaj Bharat's compassion for the deer was the beginning of his fall down. 
into the material world. So con compassion is a good quality. It's a wonderful quality to be compassion. But misdirected compassion, misdirected feeling for another person can cause to fall down into the material world. And Bharat Maharaj is, is here at the example. Here's a perfect example. So he's thinking that let me change, let me save this deer. I'm the savior of this deer. But actually, according to Srimad Bhagavatam, it is impossible to change a person's material condition. But in spite of that understanding, we see persons doing material, mundane welfare work, think now I'm doing good in society, I'm changing people's destiny. They're only acting as an instrument of the Lord, not changing anything. Bhagavatam says, therefore, Tasyavaheto prayate to kovido, nalabhyate yad brahmatam mupayida, talabhyate dukkavananyata sukam, kalena sarvatya gavira ranghasa. That one should seek out that purposeful end, which isn't available by wandering from Pantalok all the way to Satyalok. That purposeful end is Krishna consciousness. The second part of the verse explains as far as material happiness and distress is concerned, that comes automatically in due course of time exactly in the same way as we get distress. The whole world is praying for happiness. They go to the church, the synagogue, the masjid, the gurudwara, the mandir, and everybody prays to God, please bless me. Isn't it? No one goes to, and goes to these places and prays to God, please curse me, give me trouble. Let my house burn down. Let me wreck my car. Let me lose my job. I hope I get cancer. No one prays to God in this way. But don't these things happen in people's lives? Of course they do. They come of their own accord. Bhagavatam is saying, our happiness, our prosperity, comes in exactly the same way, without asking for it. So devotee asks for what? He asks for to our devotional service. The rest, everything else comes with our birth. Bhagavatam says, Karmana daivana tena jantra deho papateye stripavishta udaram pungsarita kanashraya. It comes from the moment of conception. Karmana daivana tena under the jurisdiction of the devatas who are working under the jurisdiction of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, mayaiva vihitan hitan. Whatever they're doing is has to be sanctioned and ordained by the Supreme Personality of God, who is sitting within the core of everyone's heart, Sarvasyachahamridi. He is there observing lifetimes, every lifetime, every lifetime. And we get a, a corresponding body uh, which is in relation to our previous lifetime's activities. So a real struggle in life is not how to uh, mitigate material distress and maximize material happiness. That's destined. Prabhupada writes, it is impossible to change material conditions, quote-unquote. So what is our real objective in life? Our real objective in life is to become Krishna conscious. The only benefit in life is Krishna consciousness. Whatever we do in Krishna consciousness is our actual benefit. Everything else amounts to nothing. At the time of our death, what does it mean? At the time when the last breath comes, does it matter? If you have a big bank account, if you drive a nice car, if you have a good position in society, you have good education. These things, according to Srimati Kunti Maharani, simply intoxicate a person. Janmai Swarajashutta Shibir, Eidamana Madhapramon. 
naivahatyavidatum vayitvam akinshina gocharam. He says, Krishna is the property of the akinshina gochara, who have no other object of, they, they possess no other object, they have no other shelter but Krishna. And as for persons who have janma, good birth, aiswarja, material opulence, shruta, learning, and shribir, bodily beauty, they simply become intoxicated mada. They become intoxicated by all those things and they think material life is very good. But all of that is taken away in a moment. It's finished in a moment. What is the meaning to all of those things when the last breath comes? Our real asset, our only asset actually, is whatever progress we made in Krishna consciousness. That is our asset. So Arjun was also was chastised by the Lord. He said, you're speaking very learned words, but you're actually a fool because your whole, your whole uh, uh, perception is material. That who, no, one is your, no one is your enemy, no one is your friend, no one is your relative. All these people ha- have been assembled by the Lord who in, intends to see them destroyed in the battle. And Arjuna was simply asked, Nibita Matam Baba Savyasachan, you are Savyasacha, you're expert fighter. Just go out and fight. I'm just asking you to do that. So this whole first section of Bhagavad Gita is meant to convince Arjuna is making arguments. I can't be happy. I'm killing my kinsmen. He's thinking about his own happiness. My ancestors will fall from Pitriloka. He's thinking about their happiness. He's making good compassionate arguments. But Krishna said, Give them up. And until Arjuna says, that I surrender to you, I become your sishya, then he gets knowledge from, from Krishna. Krishna gives preliminary knowledge that you're not this body. He, he's convincing Krishna so it's a whole like this, uh, section in Bhagavad Gita from the starting verse uh, about verse 12 or 13, second chapter giving so many arguments, giving so many arguments, there's no birth, there's no death, at any time, who are you? You're the soul. So he's bringing Krishna, Arjuna to the point of prapanna, of surrender. And this is required. Each of us have to come to that point where we give up attachment to this material world and stop thinking that this is my home that I can stay here forever and the objective of my life is to be materially happy. Because this is the world of duality. Krishna says in Gita, Dvandva Mohena Bharata. Icha Dvesha Samutena Dvandva Mohena Bharata. That Icha and Dvesh, we desire material happiness. Icha and Dvesh, we, we find it horrible to, to have to embrace material misery. Oh, how horrible. But <clears throat> Chaitanya Charitamrita calls us all Manu Dharma, Badra Abhadra, so-called uh, favorable, so-called auspicious, so-called inauspicious, all Manu Dharma, all these things live in our mind. What is our real asset in life? What really matters? What, what is the only thing that really matters? Is our devotional life, our progress in devotional life, which means our relationship with Krishna. And we can monitor that. We can look and see how far we progressed in our spiritual life by examining our own heart. We should ask ourselves, do I actually love Krishna? Do I feel separation from him? If we love him, 
we will feel separation from him. But do I actually have love of God? Is there a, even a faint glimmer of love of God in my heart? Do, how, how many hours go by during the day where I completely forget about Krishna? How many hours during the day I'm completely distracted by some other thing? Do I have feeling? Do tears come to my eyes? Does my voice choke up? Do the hairs on my body stand on end? Ask, and we, 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 when we ask ourselves this question, most of us have to answer, well, not really. Why, how, why are we not feeling separation from Krishna? Why don't these, things, these feelings come to us? Because we're still attached to the material world. We're still attached to the nonsensical, foolish, bodily conception of life. That I am this body, I am this mind, and my objective in life is to please my senses and my mind. Because of that, this is this mountain, this mountain of ignorance that stands in the way of feeling Govinda Virahename, separation from Krishna. Mahaprabhu said that I'm, I'm experiencing the entire world to be void, it's nothing, zero, shunyata. Shunyaitam jagat sarvam govinda virahename. A moment. Nimesha. Nimeshina means a blink of an eye. I'm feeling a blink of an eye to be like 12 years of more. I'm feeling the whole world void. Why? Govinda virahename. I'm feeling separation from Krishna. Why don't we feel separation? Because we have, we're attached to sense gratification. We're attached to the bodily conception of life. And this is the obstacle that needs to be overcome before we can come to this stage. Mataji was reading, this is a very important verse in Bhagavad Gita. Brahma Bhuta Prasanatma Nasochati Nakanchati Samasaveshu Bhuteshu Madbhaktim Labhate Param There's a process to, to feel that. It can't be imitated. Sahaja mentality means I'm in love with Krishna. Radhe, Radhe, Jai, Radhe, Sham, Radhe, Sham. Okay, very nice. But what is the character of your life? What is the condition of your heart? Are you still attached to sense gratification? If you are, it's all a show. It's all a big show. What, where does spiritual life begin? Brahma Bhuta platform. If someone is on that stage, there's a symptom. There's a symptom that for one who is self-realized. First thing. Prasanatma. He's always happy. He's a happy soul. Nothing disturbs him. Heat and cold, honor and dishonor, jitatmana prashantasya, paramatma samahita, sutoshna sukaduke shutadamana pamaniyo. Krishna says you conquer your mind, which is also a symptom of a self-realized soul. Then sita, ushna, summer and winter, heat and cold, honor and dishonor, happiness and distress, all the same. If one jitatmana has conquered his mind, so Brahma Bhuta stage means this: this prasanatma, he's always happy. The sochatina kankshiti, he never laments over anything. Some big loss, some financial disaster, health issue, family issue, nothing disturbs him. The sochatina kankshiti, he doesn't lament, and he doesn't desire. He doesn't have any mater overwhelming material desire. He sees every living, being, every living being the same. He has no enemy. He has no friend. He loves the world. Like we're going to read about Jan Bharat. He was, he was going to be uh, uh, decapitated 
by these dacoits. But he had no animosity. He had imagined the situation. They're going to cut off his head, and he has absolutely no animosity to his murderer. Samaseveshu, Bhuteshu. He sees everyone equally. Madbhaktim Labate Param. Krishna says, from this platform, Labate Param, my bhakti is available when you come to this stage. And this is the beginning. We're not talking bhava, uh, prema, uh, ma, all the different symptoms of love of God. We're not talking these things. We're talking mud bhakti. Where, does, where do we take off? Where is the airport from where we depart? This, these things. Mud bhakti labhate puram. If I want to fly to Delhi from Calcutta, <clears throat> what do I have to do? I have to go to the airport. I can't step outside my door and just fly to Delhi. I have to get in a car and I have to ride all the way through a, a very bumpy, dusty road to the Calcutta airport and get on the plane and fly to Delhi. I can't just fly to Delhi by myself. There's a process. So spiritual, in spiritual life, there is a process. And that process begins with this. Brahma Bhuta stage. What is that stage? In a nutshell, what does it mean? I'm not my body. I'm not my mind. I'm not my senses. I'm pure spirit soul, un uncontaminated by the modes of material nature. Until we come to that platform, all these higher stages of devotional service are just a show. And unfortunately, I see this happening in our society. The devotees talk about very, very high topics. Manjuri Bhav, Gopi Bhav, Sakya Bhav, Sakhi Bhav. Prema, Bhava. It's all a show if you haven't come to this stage, Mad Bhaktim Labhate Param, that you're always happy, Prasanatma. No hankering, no lamentation, Nasochati, Nakangshati, Samasaveshu, Bhuteshu. No one's your friend, no one's your enemy. You love the world. This is the stage from which we take off. This is the beginning stage. And if you haven't started at the beginning, don't talk about higher stages. So these things should be understood very carefully. Now, there's also a very nice comment, commentary uh, made by Srila Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur on another one of these verses. He says, quote, The Lord shows his affection for his devotee by protecting Bharat in the form of a deer so that he would fall down in the ocean of remorse in order to drown in the ocean of prema. I'll say that again. It's very interesting. So that he would fall down in the ocean of remorse in order to drown in the ocean of prema. It's explained that um, Bharat, because of his devotional life, had no parabdha karma. He had reached the stage of bhava. He was very, he was very advanced devotee. He was absorbed in meditation. He was absorbed in service, serving the deity, chanting, meditating. His whole life was... He, very high devotee. Bhava means one step below pure perfection. Prema. Prema is the highest. Prema Pumarata Mahanchitanya Mahaprabhu said. Topmost stage of perfection in devotional life. And he was almost there. But, so, so a person may ask, how is it that he, that he fell down? How is it? Because he's free from his Parabdha Karma. Srila Chakravarti Thakur explains later in another verse uh, in the middle of the chapter. He says there are two types of parabdha karma. One parabdha karma 
is that karma which by the will of the Lord appears and increases the longing of those who are already possessed rati. In other words, a devotee who's already advanced may by the will of the Lord, it appears to be parabdha karma. It's not actually parabdha karma, but we talk of it as parabdha karma. So this was Bharat Maharaj's situation. He's a great devotee. How did he become attached to a deer? Because by the will of the Lord. And why, why did that happen? To increase his longing. To increase his longing. To, in, in, to uh, bring out this remorse. Like, I was so foolish. Why did I become attached to an insignificant animal? And neglect the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So he, he, he said he had him fall into the ocean of remorse in order to drown the ocean of prema. Very interesting comment. So the Lord has great affection for his devotee. What we saw happen to Bharat Maharaj was actually a symptom of the Lord's affection for his devotee. To bring him to the highest stage, to, to have to go through the body of a deer and experience and be fully conscious. He was uh, Jati Smaran, even in the body of a deer. He went, he left his birthplace and went back to Kulaha Ashram on the Gandaki River. He took up a life of asceticism, even in the body of a deer, knowing exactly how he became a deer. So he was merged in an ocean of remorse. Why? In order to drown in an ocean of prema. So the Lord did this out of affection for his devotee. So sometimes the greatest supposed obstacle or greatest loss that arises in our, heart, in our life can turn out to be the greatest blessing. Like Bali Maharaj. Bali Maharaj lost everything. He surrendered everything to the Lord. The Lord took everything from him. He lost his guru. He lost his, the whole, he was Lord of the entire universe. He lost everything. He offered everything to Vamandev. But Vamandev became his, ultimately, after he was punished, he, and he got his own uh, planet, Sutta Loka, and Vamandev became his servant. Most amazing thing. It's not that the Lord takes everything away and doesn't reciprocate. And what is that reciprocation? He gives himself. So Vamandev became the doorkeeper for Bali Maharaj in his own kingdom. So the Lord has an immense affection for his devotee. And some, sometimes that can be manifest as prosperity, and sometimes that can be manifest as great as so-called disaster. But both are mercy of the Lord. Therefore, Srila Rupa Goswami, he made one beautiful prayer. He said, Virachaya mai dandam dinabandu dayam va katir iha nabhavata katya danya vamasti ipatato shakti kotir nirmalam navambhas tadapi kilapayoda he said, O Lord of the poor, do what you like with me. Give me either mercy or punishment. But in this world, I have none to look. I have none to look to except your Lordship. The Chatik bird always prays for the cloud, regardless of whether it showers rain or throws a thunderbolt. So this is a very nice example. The Chatik bird means a sparrow. They don't like to drink water from a puddle. The water is muddy and they like to drink water as it falls from the cloud in its pure form. So when the chatik bird is thirsty, what does it do? It prays to the cloud, please send rain. 
But as we know, sometimes the cloud showers rain, and sometimes it throws a thunderbolt. So Rupa Goswami is praying to the Lord that you give me mercy or punishment. But I have, none, I have no one to look to but your Lordship. Whatever you give me, your mercy comes in the form of punishment, and your mercy is a form of uh, blessing. So both are blessing. That is the Lord's nature, because he's so, uh, the, the soul, the atma is so dear to the Lord. He says, Mami Vaishyasi Satyam Te, Pratijani Priyosime. The Priyosime, you're very, very dear to me, he told Arjuna. And that applies to us also. So, especially when it, Aham, Manmana Bhavamadhaktoma Dhyajimam Namaskuru, Mami Vaishyasi Satyam Te, Pratijani Priyosime. See, Mami Vaishyasi, that you come to me, I'm telling you this, become my devotee, think of me, worship me, offer your obeisances to me. I'm telling you this because you're very dear to me. The soul, the atma, is very, very dear to the Lord. And there's many examples of that in, in Shastra. He told Arjuna, declare it boldly that my devotee never perishes. Now, someone may ask, this is also interesting. Someone may ask, why did Krishna say, Arjuna, you say this? Konteya, oh, Konteya, you declare it boldly, my devotee never perishes. He asked Arjuna to say this because everyone knows Krishna can be a little tricky. Sometimes he goes back on his word. But if devotee says it, everyone will take it at face value. So he said, Konteya, Name Bhakta Pranashiti, my devotee. Never perishes. Devotees are very, very dear to the Lord. Krishna says, Samoham Sravabhuteshu, Namidvaishosti Napriya, Yebhijanti Tamam Bhaktya, Chapyaham. He says, I'm equal to everyone. Samoham Sravabhuti, I'm equal to all souls. Namidvaishosti Napriya. No one's my enemy, and no one's very dear to me. But Yebhijanti Tamam Bhaktya. But someone who worships Maite me, Maite Tesha Chapyaham, thank you, Prabhu. But someone who worships me, I can't be equal to them. And this, Prabhupada explains, this is natural. If a man has several sons and daughters, that son or daughter who is very loving to the father, he has natural, he shows more affection. So Krishna can't be equal to his devotee. And there's many beautiful stories in Shastra about that. Especially we read in uh, Mahabharata. Um, there's many leelas that come to mind. Draupadi's pot and Durvasa. Durvasa Muni was sent by the, the uh, Kauravas, by Duryodhan, knowing that Draupadi had this pot uh, that if, if, she, if she had not eaten, it, from that pot, any unlimited number of people could be fed. But if she's eaten, it's, she's, it's done for the day. So Duryodhan very craftily stealthily plotted to give trouble to the Pandavas by sending Durvasa and his 10,000 disciples to the, to the Pandavas after Draupadi had eaten. So they all arrived on the scene and what to do? That Durvasa is like an anksha of Lord Shiva. He's very easily pleased. Ashutosh. If he's displeased, he can wreak havoc in your life. So Krishna saved the scene he found some tiny little scrap of vegetable sticking to the butt. And when he ate that, all the 
followers of Dravasa, all his disciples, and Dravasa Muni, who had gone for bathing, felt themselves completely full. We can't eat anything, let's just leave. So Krishna saved the day by uh, protecting the Pandavas from the plot of the Kauravas. And Govardhan Leela, most famous Leela, Krishna lifted Govardhan Hill. When he does something, does any particular Leela, he does so with many purposes in mind. So not only did he protect all the Brajbasis, but he also chastised Indra. And he had wonderful leelas going on underneath the hill. He's holding the hill. And all the gopas, the elderly gopas, are thinking that Krishna's hand is quivering a little bit and the, the mountain is shaking. And they're thinking, let us help Krishna. He's becoming tired. And they hold their sticks up because they can't conceive here is the supreme personality of Godhead. Although in front of their eyes, this small boy is holding up a whole mountain. Even right in front of their eyes, they see impossible task is occurring. They can't understand that he's God. Well, let us help him. But why was his hand shaking? Balaram was watching the situation and he knew Krishna's looking at the beautiful gopis and seeing their beauty. His hand is shaking. So Balaram said, no worries, no worries. So he protected the whole Brijvasis out of love for the Brijvasis to protect them. Come with me. This Indra is Indra's anger and his chastisement the dealing with that is the business of the little finger of my left hand. Come under this hill. So Krishna always protected devotees. Bhima and Duryodhana's fight. Bhima and Duryodhana were very equally matched. Duryodhana was favored by Balaram. And Bhima, a very expert uh, fighting with Gada. So they had a big match and it was going on for almost a month. Until Krishna indicated to Bhima that you hit Bhima, that you hit Duryodhan on his thigh. Now this is irreligious. It's against Kshatriya principles. But Duryodhan's thigh was uh, a weak place in his body because Gandhari, uh, Tapaswini Gandhari, had so much tejas that she asked Duryodhan, you come before me naked. But Krishna... <laughs> The trickster, Krishna the trickster said, Oh, Duryodhan, you can't go in front of your mother naked. Better you cover the lower part of your body. So he covered the lower part of his body. And when Gandhari removed the, the blindfold covering her eyes and glanced at Duryodhan to infuse his body with supernatural strength, make his body like steel, that part of his body was covered and didn't receive that benefit. So Krishna knew that. And when Bhima and Jayodhan were fighting, he, he slapped his thigh and said, you hit him here. So, when Krishna's instruction is transcendent to any moral consideration. Krishna told him, you hit him here. Just like when Arjuna was, was fighting and Karna came before him. Karna was the elder brother, the most powerful archer. And he had full capability to kill Arjuna. Krishna knew this. So when Karna's uh, chariot got stuck in the mud and got off his chariot, unarmed, Krishna said, Arjun, kill him. Arjun said, how can I kill him? He's off his chariot, he's unarmed. Krishna said, kill him. Krishna is not subject to the laws of human society. He's not subject to the moral laws. He has his purpose. Why is he willing to transgress the laws of dharma? 
because of his affection for his devotee. His affection for Bhima. Now hit, here hit Duryodhan here. And now kill Karna. His love for his devotee transcended the, the laws of uh, moral, uh, regular moral laws. Jayadrat and Arjun. Arjun took a vow that I will kill Jayadrat today before the sun sets or I will burn myself. I will throw myself in the fire, immolate myself. And the battle was going on and no one was a victor. The sun setting. Arjun hasn't realized victory. Krishna knew that he, he's a Kshatriya and his vow is everything. So if he doesn't kill Jayadrath, Arjun will kill himself. So Krishna <laughs> held the sun. Um, the sun is uh, hurtling through the heavens at 34 million miles an hour. And Krishna said, okay, stop. The whole sun planet just stops. Why? To protect Arjuna. Because Krishna can never be impartial to his devotee. Ambarish and Durvasa. And Durvasa Muni want to kill Ambarish without going into the whole Leela. But when he uh, attacked, when the fire-breathing demon attacked Ambarish, Krishna was there. He sent his Sudarshan Chakra and Durvasa was humbled. He had to come back to Ambarish and bow down to Ambarish because the devotee is so dear to the Lord. Uh, Lord Shiva was asked by his wife Parvati, who is the most worshipable personality? Uh, Lord Shiva answered, Aradhananam Sarvesham Vishnaradhanam Param Tasmat Paratanam Devi Tvadiyanam Samarchanam. He says, amongst all worshipable personalities, Lord Vishnu, Krishna, is topmost. But more worshipable than the Lord is the Lord's devotee and those things in relation with the Lord, Tadiya. So many examples about how important devotees are to the Lord or how much devotee association is important also. Bhagavatam says, Tulayama lavena pi nasargam napunar bhavam bhagavasangi sangasya martyanam kim upashita upashisha says there's nothing equal. Tulayama lavena pi nothing equals even a moment's association with the devotee. Naswargam napunar bhavam not going to heaven not being free from birth and death Bhagavad Sanghi Sangasya. Bhagavad Sanghi means association with devotees. Nothing compares to that. Matyanam Kemupashisha. That any other benediction, any other so called blessing, is just for people who are meant to die. So association with devotees who are very dear to the Lord is topmost blessing. Best blessing. Bless, best blessing. Just to get a mo even a moment's association with a devotee of the Lord. So another example, Draupadi. Draupadi is Vastraharana. Draupadi was uh, in an impure state and she had laughed at Duryodhana and causing his ego to be severely <laughs> bruised. So he wanted to get even. He said, now disrobe Draupadi. He sent Dushashan and dragged Draupadi into the assembly of the Kauravas by her hair. He said, now disrobe her. And what is, what is the possibility of Drop even powerful Draupadi, who is extremely powerful personality by her own right, what was the, the hope of her maintaining her chastity? 
and they assemble these Maharatis, Atiratis, all the Kauravas, standing around waiting to see her naked beauty. So she lifted her arms. She tried to hold her. Then she could understand, I cannot protect myself. She raised her arms and said, Hey, Govinda, hey, Gopal. And Krishna supplied unlimited volumes of sorry material, so much so that Dushashan just became tired of unraveling reams and reams of, of sorry material. Krishna was there. Kronteya pratijanihi nami bhaktya pranashiti. Krishna promised not to fight in the battlefield. Hmm. Uh, that there were, he was lying asleep and the idea was that as soon as he woke up, whomever he saw first could ask a blessing. Duryodhana posted himself by the Lord's head and, and Arjuna posted himself by the Lord's feet. So the Lord opened his eyes. He saw Duryodhana. What do you want? Duryodhana said, I want your army. This is the materialistic point of view. They always want to take shelter of material nature. That if I get the army, then everything will work out. And we should note that this, is, this mentality may affect us also. If we think, if I just get money, then all my problems are solved. Not true. Many people, they, these, these people that win lotteries, for example, they, their lives very often are simply destroyed. They, they can't control their spending habits. They blow the money. They, and because they have all this money, all of a sudden they don't know who is their friend and who is just after their money. Even their own wife and family members. Do they love me or do they love my money? And many, or they get involved in addictions and they completely destroy their life. People thinking, oh, if I just had money, then everything is good. This is Duryodhana's mentality. If I get Krishna's opulence, then I will win. But Arjuna sat at the Lord's seat. And Arjuna said, Krishna, I just want you. And Krishna said, but I won't fight. Arjuna said, I only want you. I, that's all right. Don't fight, but I only want you. And we know because of this mentality, Arjuna was victorious because he only wanted Krishna. So when uh, Arjuna was threatened by Bhishma, Bhishma took a vow because he was criticized. Duryodhana criticized him because of your affection for Arjuna and the Pandavas, you're not fighting to the utmost. So Bhishma took a vow, today I will kill Arjuna. And he took up a chariot wheel and he attacked Arjuna with a chariot wheel. But Krishna couldn't bear the thought of Arjuna's death. So he protected Arjuna from Bhishma's onslaught with a chariot wheel. Govinda, Govinda, Ritangapane, Govinda, Govinda, Namo, Namaste. This vision uh, is a wonderful meditation for devotees. How Bhishma is attacking Arjuna and Krishna intervened to protect his devotee because he's always, he's always, he cannot be impartial toward his devotee. He loves the devotees too much. So also in Brahma Samhita we read, on this one verse says, Yastunda Gopa Matavinda Mahosva Karma Bandanu Rupa Padabhajanamatanoti Karmani Nirdahati Kintu Chabakti Bhajam Govinda Mari Purusham Tamahamajani. From the tiny Indra Gopam, a tiny insignificant insect, un, up to Lord Indra himself, all of them are be under the influence of their own karma. But when a devotee takes up the process of Krishna consciousness, Karmani Nirdahati Kintu Chabakti Bhajam. When you do bhakti bhajam, take up the process of Krishna consciousness, 
hearing, chanting, remembering, serving, especially serving Vaishnavas, then Bhakti Bhajam, that process, Nirdhati Kintu, our karma is finished. From that moment, our karma is finished. And, but devotees think, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Devotees are getting old, they get sick, they get diseased, they get in car accidents, they become poverty-stricken. So many horrible things happen. Again, back to Maharish Bharat. We don't, a devotee doesn't have Parabdha karma. His karma is not the Parabdha karma of a non-devotee. His karma is directly orchestrated by the Lord to bring out this cry for Krishna. My uh, revered godbrother, His Holiness um, Gorgovinda Maharaj, Sri Srimad Gorgovinda Maharaj, used to say, I'm opening a crying school. And unless we learn to cry for Krishna, we'll not get Krishna. But as long as we're materially satisfied, as long as we think things are going good, I have money, I have health, I have position, I have friends, I have all the things of this, then we'll never cry for Krishna. We have to understand what is our position. Our life is like the water, on the, a drop of water on a lotus pad. The characteristic of the lotus pad is that it has, is covered by the waxy substance and nothing, the water beads up on it, which means with the slightest wind, that water is pushed off into the, into the body of water, into the lake. So our life is, is Govinda Das's beautiful example. So our life is like that, Kamala Dala Jala. Our, 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 our life is very tenuous. At any moment, it can be over. What is the meaning of all of these other things? What is the meaning of that? It has no meaning in the ultimate issue. So we take shelter of Krishna. This is the, the message. Our, our devotee doesn't have Parabdha Karma. Our whole life is under his jurisdiction. Karmani near Dhatikin to Jabhakti Bhajam that it's been destroyed by the process of devotional life and Krishna is in charge. He's protecting us. He's supplying our necessities. Everything is for Krishna. Everything is from Krishna. There's a nice story. Srila Prabhupada saw one advertisement for Allstate Insurance. I think you're living in America so you're familiar with Allstate Insurance. They, they advertise in the picture there's a big pair of hands and in the hands there's a house there's the car, there's the boat, there's the husband, the wife, the kids, the dog, the dog house, everything's, everything's there. And the caption is, you're in good hands with Allstate. So when Srila Prabhupada saw this advertisement, he said, oh, this is Krishna. This is Krishna. He's supplying all our necessities. He's protecting us. He's our everything. So this is devotee's meditation. So we should understand this in relationship uh, to this story about Maharaj Bharat, and not think that well, he was a great devotee. How did this catastrophe fall upon him? He became a deer. He became. He fell in love with the deer, and he wandered everywhere with the deer. He was kissing the deer and feeding the deer and sleeping with the deer. How did that happen to such a great devotee? From this, two types of parabdha karma. One, the will of the Lord to increase our longing for Him that we cry for Krishna, that we beg Krishna. How did I 
How did I come to this material world? And what am I doing here? I should be with Krishna. What am I doing here? So until we have that ceiling, how is it possible to leave? If we're happy here, we can stay here in the material world forever. As long as we want, we can stay here. So this is a very important step to come to. A, a, real, a very important realization to have. That I need to cry for Krishna. I need to beg that I've fallen into this material world. Please fix me as the atom of dust at your lotus feet. Please accept me. We have to cry for that. And that will give us perfection in devotional life. So whatever comes, just like Bharat Maharaj, he went through so many challenges. They wanted to chop off his head. He became a deer. He fell in love with the deer. He, he left his devotional life. Many, many instructions are, are, are uh, important instructions are there in this Leela. So all these things happened to him, but he never gave up his spiritual life. He never gave up trying. So regardless of whatever is happening in our life, we should never give up trying. Never give up our spiritual life. Srila Haridas Thakur, Namacharya Haridas Thakur, Brahma Haridas, when he was challenged by the Nawab that you give up this chanting of Hare Krishna Mahamantra or we'll kill you, he replied, cut my body to hundreds of pieces, but I'll never give up chanting Hare Krishna Mahamantra. We have to have that same determination. And from that determination, everything else will come. And it's all based on a chanting of the Holy Name, hearing about Krishna, serving Vaishnavas, serving the Lord, being the best devotee we can be. And at the end, Chakta Dehum Janma, no more birth, no more death. Janma Mamiti, Krishna says, you'll come back to me. And this is victory. Nothing else is actually victory. But for that, Sishastiham Sadimam Tum Prabhannam, we have to surrender. And this is our process. All based on hearing and chanting, especially hearing chanting, Krishna's holy name. So thank you very much for your kind attention and the opportunity to speak to you today. Does anyone have any comment or question? Or if I made any mistake, you please correct me. Hare Krishna Prabhuji. Hare Krishna Prabhuji. Go ahead, Prabhuji. Go ahead. <laughs> I sorry, sir, wanted to thank uh, Prabhuji and Samadhi Prabhu. Uh, this is great, Samadhi Prabhu. So nice, Prabhu. Uh, I feel like I keep on hearing the the uh, words from your mouth, your mouth, Prabhu. It is so nice. Oh, so many references, references, Sathik reference, I mean references uh, from the Leela. Uh, so nice, so emphatic. Uh, instill the love of God in, into our uh, mind and consciousness. It's so nice. Thank you, Ruj. Thank you for your kind words. Actually, I'm just a parrot. I'm just repeating whatever little bit I've been able to hear from my spiritual master, Srila Prabhupada. Amen. Hare Krishna Prabhuji, just like Prabhuji said, very nice class. And, you know, uh, somehow when I think of material distraction, 
like I always think of Bharat Maharaj's story, you know, and when I think of uh, how we have to associate with devotees, uh, you know, uh, I always think of Prahlad Maharaj. <laughs> so he's mm, like my... Example. Sorry, Prabhuji? Good example. Uh, yes, because it's like, you know, we, so many times we hear that from... Sha- why is it important to hear Shastras? Because all these stories, you know, and even like uh, for same reason, like somebody ill-treats us and shows enviousness to us, then we suddenly remember Dhruv Maharaj. You know, how he was ill-treated by his mother, such a young boy and, you know, so much... Uh, how does a boy know that, uh, okay, if you're, you know, it just rings in my mind, the mother, the stepmother, uh, one was Suniti, the other one, I forgot the name. Suruchi, right? Suruchi. Suruchi. She is the one who said that uh, if you are born from my womb, so she is so bodily based. Uh, and, you know, I can understand this being in a female body, you know, like a lady saying like this, I mean, she will be a perfect stepmother. She would never be. <laughs> she'll be like perfect. She can never, she should never adopt a child because she's going to be the perfect example of, uh, you know, there are some mothers like that. Who yeah, will, uh, you know, uh, they will love their son, but if their uh, relative's son will come, then that uh, they, they that pinches in the eye, the eye, you know, like uh, they say, you know, matlab uh, in the sense that, sorry, I'm speaking Hindi, like it, uh, it, um, it affects them. They cannot take it in the same way, just like you know their own children. But there are also mothers who adopt children and then they have their own children, but they have same vision. So, I mean, all these uh, stories we keep on hearing and for me it's very pleasurable to hear Bhagavatam because I've heard about this, uh, uh, you know, the purports and everything that you read, but actually reading it is coming first time because uh, I've not reached, I'm still on Canto 3, uh, reading for the first time in my own reading, but here we've reached Canto 5 and uh, uh, so it's so nice that, you know, like um, we are able to learn so much from these verses through all all of you, all the speakers coming. So I don't have a specific question, but uh, only thing, one thing comes to my mind is like, uh, I always think that, uh, you know, that Maya is so strong because Rishabh Dev was, uh, Prabhuji, please correct me. He was connected to Krishna, right? Incarnation? Yes, his incarnation, Lord. Of Lord, okay. So even Lord's son, the eldest son who he appointed, you know, uh, as uh, Bharat Maharaj who ruled all over the world, I mean, he also fell prey to Maya through the deer. So how, um, you know, like, uh, and then remembering one sentence which Shri Prabhupada said, that, you know, uh, somebody said that, uh, Prabhupada, you are always praying. So he says, actually, we are always in Maya. We are always in Maya. But then when we do devotional service and we associate with devotees, that is the time we get away from Maya a little bit. Maya takes a step back. So, I mean, uh, you know, like we have to be very, very careful and utilize our time in such a way because when we are alone, Maya can attack. Even in a group, we can attack because we might be among devotees, but our mind is somewhere else. So just like in the beginning, Mataji mentioned so nicely about, uh, you know, it's so important because the mind is connected to our desires and then subtle body. And then we are, we were also discussing about this yesterday and how, you know, if we don't control our desires, then the subtle body, if, if we suddenly die, then again we have to take another birth. So this mind is a big, uh, you know, a hurdle. We have to make it a friend uh, by hook or crook like that. So thank well, you so there's much. There's a nice story. There's a nice story yeah. about Srila Prabhupada. Perhaps you've heard it, maybe not, but let me repeat it. The devotees were watching him standing in front of the deities, praying, making a prayer. 
So they asked him later, Srila Prabhupada, what were you praying? You're, you're so intensely praying to the Lord. What was your prayer? He said, I am praying not to fall, that I never fall into Maya. <laughs> so Srila Prabhupada is praying like that. What is our position? Yes, Prabhuji, this is the real story. This is the real way of saying it because, you know, I'm not a good uh, orator. I'm not able to say it nicely. But yes, I mean, if he's saying this, then how, in, how much more we should pray <laughs> all the time? That please don't uh, pull us, you know, like the Maya, uh, like, so he's praying to Krishna that don't, uh, don't, um, like, uh, that he doesn't get in trapped with Maya, right? Yes. And we're always in a we don't fall in Maya, we fall out of Maya occasionally. <laughs> but mostly we're just in Maya. But there's hope, mm-hmm. there's all hope if we continue hearing Bhagavatam. Yes. Chanting one thing comes to me about Srila Prabhupada, like, you know, when we read, I was, re- I was also hearing his documentary that was made by, I don't know who it was made by. It was like, a, we could see visually the whole story, how he, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, I mean, it was not Prabhupada himself, but there was another character they put as Prabhupada ji, like, like that. But I was just well, thinking that... Uh, Bhakti Charumarish made that. Okay, very the nice. Whole I mean, the, it, it, it ran all over India, actually became very popular yes. series. It's like then a regular I series. You, uh, the Bhakti process in 2008, that time I saw it. I wanted to hear more about, uh, so I was more visual, a visual person, so I wanted to see the documentary rather than read the Leela Amrit. So I remember seeing that time. Mm. But I was, uh, one, one thing was coming to my mind that, like Srila Prabhupada was leading, leading a normal life. Everything like, you know, normal, he's going to college and one time he fell sick, and then, you know, there was an incident about the chicken soup, then his father took him in front of the DTs. Just like it happens in household, you know, child falls sick, everybody gets worried, why is the fever not coming down? So that was a regular household. But all the transformation that happened in his life only happened when he met his Guru Maharaj. Am I right? Before that, his life not was not just... Not exactly. Like, we should be okay. careful to compare our life to Srila Prabhupada. His life is... Uh, directly no, under the I'm just saying no. that, like, can we, if we think like this, is it okay? Uh, like, uh, Prabhupada's life uh, was. You, you, uh, can look, you can look at Prabhupada's life, every yes. every aspect of Prabhupada's life, and you'll see how we yes. should live our life. If there's any confusion in your life, ask yourself, what would Shilu okay. Prabhupada do in this situation? Hmm. But uh, like the major change came in him when he got connected to the parampara, when he met his Guru Maharaj, right? So how important yeah. it is for us to, uh, you know, associate with someone who is going to be a prospective Guru Maharaj. And then, uh, because I remember when, you know, his friend was forced him to take him there and he didn't want to go. He says, oh, these gurus have already been, always been coming to my home. He was not eager. But then when he went there and, yeah. you know, it was a transformation, right? Then he started getting dreams. And everything yeah, his happened. Father, his father used to buy marijuana for him, <laughs> for the sadhus, so-called sadhus. But examine also in the life of Mahaprabhu. Mahaprabhu was like an arrogant scholar, the most arrogant, educated scholar of Navadip. The whole Navadip was afraid of him. And, and, they, and all the devotees present all lamented, why, when will this Nimai Pandit become a devotee? But that didn't happen. The transformation in his life didn't happen until they met Ishwar Puri when he went to Gaya. Mm-hmm. So this is Leela. As it's Leela for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, it's all Leela for Prabhupada. Prabhupada has this internal relationship with Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. He's sent by Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur to this world. We should understand 
we should understand Prabhupada not just as an aristocratic Bengali man, a, a cultured aristocratic Bengali man, but we should not think of him in this way. We should also understand that he has his eternal identity as an eternal associate, part of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's eternal associate, his parishad of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, eternal nitya parishad of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So we should understand him in that way also. Thank you so much, Prabhupada, for saying this, because I was not thinking like that. And one incident kept coming in my mind, and I was then thinking, yes, uh, he is uh, someone great right from the birth only, because if... Uh, um, the incidence was that when you know he uh, was wanting to get married again, uh, you know, second time he was not having a very good married life. So then his father told him that he had had his, uh, uh, you know, uh, we call it Jarampatri or astrology, right? Yes. Uh, when he had it astrology read, yes. So in the astrology, his father said that you just stay with this wife only because if you get attached, because you will be traveling all over the globe. And he told him about him. <laughs> all the great things his father, like a, you know, like a normal relationship we have. And the father saying, oh, I've seen your Janampatri. And that happens in uh, so many families also. They say, you know, in, in your Janampatri, this is there, that is there. But then what happened is whatever the father said to him actually came true. For us, how many, how many times does that uh, Janampatri stuff uh, come true? It doesn't come true, you know? Well, so, it's because you can't find a good astrologer. This is the problem. It's not that astrology, Prabhupada said, misuse, this is an exact quote, he said, misuse of astrology does not make it useless. But the, ch the challenge, especially in this day and age, is to find an astrologer is not a greedy businessman. Most yes. of these people are simply greedy businessmen. Prabhupada explains in Chaitanya Charitamrita that Jyotish and Ayurveda are the Brahminical sciences meant for the benefit of human society. And they should be practiced by Brahmins who have no uh, tinge of uh, profit, mot profit motivation. But as soon as that comes in, as soon as they make a business, then they, they lose their shakti, they lose their power. And this is what you see today. This is one of the effects of Kali Yuga. Where will you find a Brahmin that, that has your interest in mind, not your pocketbook in mind? This is the problem with astrology and Kali Yuga. They all have their, your pocketbook in mind. They don't care whether you live or die. And they sometimes they'll just flatter you uh, and, and just to get your money. So it's very rare to find someone who's actually a bona fide astrologer, especially these uh, naughty people. They're, they're, just, they're, just, they're very crafty people. They know how to extract money from you, but they can't do any benefit from you. They can't help you, but they're very expert at extracting money. So this is why Prabhupada warned us against astrology. Go If you want to see us, go find some devotee astrologer. Yes, Prabhupada. You know, astrology has its use also. For electional astrology, when to open a business, when to conceive a child, when to go overseas, if you will go overseas. So many things, electional astrology is good for Titi, Nakshatra, all these things are good. But mm -hmm. mostly astrologers in Kali Yuga simply are, are just after your money. They're greedy, materialistic people. Yes, Prabhuji, you're right. So was there anything else also which, uh, you know, uh, his father said about him? I know this came true that you know you will be going around the globe and you have a big mission because he didn't want him to take like like a mundane education and uh, do like that. Although his mother yes. wanted him to study and become barrister and things like that. So uh, there are so many things actually. We overall, if we read, then we come to know yes, he's uh, he was there in the family, but he was uh, internally so much connected to Krishna, right? 
He's eternally connected to Krishna, and we should keep eternally that in mind. Okay. When we read the leelas of, of Mahapurush, liberated souls like Srila Prabhupada, we should not mm. impose our consciousness on his life. Yes. People say, whatever my experience is, they want to impose that experience on someone else. Prabhupada's life is leela from beginning to end. It's leela. Even as a child, mm. I try and understand, even as a child, he's doing this Ratiantra which is the highest expression of Gaudiya Vaishnava Siddhanta, of, of love of God, Prema, Lord's own personal, Mahabhav Prakash, Swami. And as a child, he's doing this. Hukum Chelela. He's, he's organizing the whole, village, the whole neighborhood. Okay, you cook rice, you make puri, you make sabji, you make sweet. Father, buy me a cart. Okay, kids, we're going to do kirtan. He's organizing the whole thing as a child. And because of that, what do we see today? Rathyatra all over the world. I saw a picture of the Russian devotees doing Rathyatra in two feet of snow. And Jagannath all bundled up in a big coat with a big woolen hat. And they're, dragging, they're pulling the car through the snow. Why? Because it was so dear to Prabhupada. As a child even, dear to Prabhupada. So this is, these are not the activities of ordinary souls. And in, in my estimation... There are many non-ordinary children that have come to our society also. I've met some of them. They're very extraordinary people, even as children. Because they're associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, whose intention is to inundate the whole planet with the chanting of the holy name. And many empowered souls are taking birth in our families to do just that. And you may see them. Oh, the kid's a brat. You know, he's crying. He's doing this. He's doing that. He, he wants to, he's absorbing his mobile phone, so many things. But time will, and time will see. Because, <laughs> you know, even Prabhupada was like that. There's a story, he was with his father in the bazaar. And he said, Father, buy me a gun. And said, no, 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 Ambai, you don't need a gun. And Prabhupada got down on the ground and was like a, kicking his feet in his, in his arms. No, 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 he's crying, no, no, you have to buy. So her father relented and bought him the gun. And he said, now buy me another one. So what do you need another one for, Abai? I have two hands. You can't be one for the other hand. So we can see, that what, is, this what, is this Prabhupada? This is the child Prabhupada. But don't think that this is the great, what does he come out to be? The, the individual who changed the course of human history, who introduced the greatest Acharya of the world, today's Madhvacharya's appearance day, Prabhupada did, or disappearance, he did more than Madhvacharya. He had a greater impact on the world and did more for Vaishnavism than Madhvacharya, more than Ramanuja, more than Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. By their grace, Srila Prabhupada did all of these things. But as a child, what is he doing? He's creating a fuss in the market. Buy me a toy, buy me a toy gun. So we should be very careful how we look at the life of a, a Siddha Purush, Nitya Parishad of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And I think that he, the Lord has sent. I have no way to verify it, of course, but it's my opinion that many extraordinary young children have come to our movement to spread Krishna consciousness. And when they're in their 50s, 60s, 70s, what will they be doing? We can't imagine. Thank you so much, Prabhuji. Thank you for correcting me. And I'm happy that this question came forth on this forum to you only because you're a disciple of Srila Prabhupada and the way you understand and you met Srila Prabhupada, you know, we cannot uh, think because our mind is still uh, 
you know thinking oh like that but then uh, you know you really opened my eyes today and i i, I have a different perspective now because it's like uh, you know uh, they are like they have come here but then they like you know we say that uh, when krishna was a baby so you know all these incidents about putra and all that happened so you know sometimes became uh, those different different characters he was killing they were sent by kamsa so everybody thought that you know like he's a baby we can easily kill him but he was as powerful as he was when he was uh, you know on the kurukshetra war so similarly shila prabhupad too right am i right prabhu ji he's yes, also absolutely. yeah absolutely. yeah prabhu is immensely powerful there are many ex- I mean, this is a whole other class just a proper class but the things that showed that prabhu showed by his personal example the things that he did he contradicted the laws of material nature and many examples of that he was omniscient and many examples of that he was as as omniscient not like krishna but as omniscient as krishna wanted him to be on many occasions he's not part of this world and the most prominent feature of his character was he, there wasn't a tinge of envy in prabhupad this world is characterized by envy i'm envious of you you're envious of me but there wasn't a tinge of envy prabhupad was a resident Vrindavana Sinihita Avatara Prasida Radha Pranaya Prachara He came simply to preach Krishna consciousness from the spiritual world. He's a resident of the spiritual world and by examining his character we can understand what it's like to be in the spiritual world where someone loves you unconditionally who wants the best for you unconditionally who doesn't judge you who doesn't criticize of course his duty as guru he had to criticize his disciples but if you get my drift completely free from envy well wish full of love un un unlimited love for the jiva soul could look at you full of compassion devotees would just receive prabhupada's glance and change their life forever one glance eye to eye connection it changed their lives forever this was shilo prabhupada yes yes 